0: All right, it's episode two this great theme on the Sound and Groove podcast, and we're back for it. This says California on my mind, so these are songs by California or inspired by that state on the west coast of the United States, known for its sand, the surf, the sun, natural beauty and all that stuff, and of course all the prosperity that goes back to the gold rush days and all that other, you know, you, you can look it up the history about it. But anyway, that's the theme we went with. And if you listen to the first episode, then great. I'm kind of extrapolating from there. But if you didn't, that's basically the gist of the things. And these are songs that detail it or discuss it or are about it, whatever you want to call it. These are kind of songs that deal with California. That's the kind of theme that I decided to go with after I went there by early March. Just a little vacation, a little family trip thing, you know. And a little Disneyland, obviously, and some stuff around Orange County. But, uh, yeah, Universal Studios, too, of course. You know, all the tourist kind of, like, hot spot things, I guess. And uh, that kind of led me to thinking maybe I should do a podcast episode on it. So here it is. And um, this is the second of two parts on it. The second episode of 2019 on the Sound Group Podcast that you can find on com and exclusively, more so, <laughs> on notthepublicbroadcaster.com. So... Uh, now that being said, let's take a listen to the first track. i want to lay it all out for you here. The first track we're going to play is called Southern California, actually, and it's uh, a duet by Tammy Wynette and George Jones. Now, they were our actual husband and wife team, this is the thing about it. They were one of country music's royal couples, I guess you could say. <clears throat> uh, pri- both had prior had many marriages, of course, as is the norm in the entertainment world. And George Jones was kind of a volatile, sort of like uh, unreliable performer in the in those days. You know, he might show up for a concert, he might not. In the late 60s, uh, he and Tammy Winnett, who had just started to really break through into the country music scene, uh, sort of kindled a romantic relationship and eventually were wed. And um, this, of course, was never bound to last What with her sort of dramatic uh, nature and his, you know, boozy ways that uh, became progressively more dangerous and, and uh, I guess, addictive over the years, uh, especially after their divorce, because they divorced in the mid-'70s. And, of course, the crazy thing is after that, they stuck together. They still recorded songs, even after their divorce, which is like the ultimate soap opera, right? But uh, this is one of the tracks that they recorded together. Um, of the many hits they had, it's uh, kind of about you know returning to your roots, sort of going away from place you don't belong, so Southern California. 1975, but they had some, some of their biggest hits after that. They had two number one country smashes with Golden Ring and Near You in 1976. So of course, there was all this demand for them to still record. And of course, the record company wanted it, you know, that people would say, oh, maybe they're getting back together. Here they are wedding. And uh, this one was released in 1977, and it was a number five hit on the country charts when it was put out. Um, Uh, Their duets were sort of sporadic after that. Their kind of collaborations that were frequent over the previous, you know, seven, eight years kind of died off as both went back to their solo careers full-time where George Jones kind of spent a lot of time in the gutter with a crippling cocaine and alcohol um, addiction problems. But slowly slowly but surely, he put his life back in order to the point where he was able to live until not too long ago, a few years ago in his early 80s, he passed away. But Tammy Wynette died... Uh, in the late 90s, a lot of health problems had plagued her throughout the years. and uh, But still, they were, you know, in a flash, they were kind of a, a romantic couple that sang some great duets. And, uh, well, here's one of them now on the Santa Group podcast from 1977. It's Southern California.
1: You always said someday you'd go to live in Southern
2: California. I'd stay right here in Tennessee
1: You always talked about the better days In Southern California But if you'll stay in Tennessee I promise there'll be better days with me
3: It's not that I don't love you I hear the call from Southern California. There's
1: something I can't find in Tennessee. Silver screens and limousines, they wait for me in Southern California. Tomorrow when you leave You'll take my heart To Southern California But just remember I'll be
4: here To keep your heart with me in Tennessee
3: I guess I've cried a million tears Looking out the window of this little room Right over that flashing neon sign that says Bar It's almost midnight and time to go downstairs and go to work
4: I wonder how he's doing in
2: Tennessee Well, here I sit by the window of this big
0: old... All right, there was Southern California from uh, Tammy Winnett and George Jones One of their many uh, hit duets they went on when they were married, and actually, that one was after. And uh, that is uh, the first track from this episode. And uh, the second one is called Mickey Mouse. Now, that's pretty California, right there, because you got Disneyland, which I went to, as I mentioned. You know, you got that whole thing there. Walt Disney started up that big um, eventual animation empire in the Hollywood area, and then decided he wanted a theme park based all around it. In 1955, it opened Disneyland, and that's where, in this song, they describe Mickey Mouse lives with his girlfriend Minnie. <laughs> this is a track called Mickey Mouse, and it's by the band Sparks. Now, they're from Ohio, and it's a couple brothers, Ron and Russell male and they recruited a bunch of you know side musicians that were ever-changing throughout the years. But basically, Ron writes most of the music. He's a keyboardist, and kind of cultivated a unique appearance where he looked very serious and a little pencil mustache, kind of a Hitler-esque appearance actually, but a little more comedic and different looking because of the way he dressed and acted on stage. And his brother Russell had a lot of like uh, flowing curly locks and kind of acted as the more eccentric stage showman of the duo. And uh, this song is from a 1982 album of theirs called Angst in My Pants. And it's kind of one of their more successful albums from that period. They kind of transitioned from a operatic type of avant-garde rock to something a little more uh, techno disco beat in the late 70s early 80s and uh, they kind of actually resembled Queen in their early days and that possibly is why they were accepted more by UK audiences they went over there and kind of made their careers in England in the mid 70s before trying to break into the American market and they never really were more popular I mean they're an American group in essence but they've always been more popular in Europe at times they've had huge number one hits France and the Netherlands and the UK and all that stuff and uh, not really so much in the uh, home country of theirs. But anyway, here's from nineteen eighty two it's Mickey Mouse, Sparks on the Santa Group Podcast. <laughs> There was Mickey Mouse by the quirky American duo Sparks, Russell and Ron Mayle, a couple of brothers who made that group and uh, did that song in their early 80s kind of new wave heyday, I guess you could call it. That was the second song that we've played so far. Now here comes numero trois. It's a track called Streets of Bakersfield, and this is a cover of a song originally written by a guy named Homer Joy that was popularized by Buck Owens. He did a duet version in uh, 1988 with Dwight Yoakam, who was part of that whole new country sing, kind of one of the new honky-tonk guys, and uh, he, their version actually became Yoakam's first number-one country singles hit. Um, and, of course, you know, uh, Buck Owens had a studio in Bakersfield recorded out there was one of the proponents of the Bakersfield sound, kind of a unique country offshoot that was more electric guitar-oriented. And... Um, Homer Joy was a guy that he brought in to record the song uh, at, uh, at um, Buck's studio um, until eventually uh, he cut the song in 1973. And Buck Owens released a recording of his that year that wasn't a major hit, but was when it was re released 15 years later as a duet with one of his kind of uh, predecessors, a guy who saw Buck Owens as one of his big idols, Dwight Yoakum, who later became, of course, a Hollywood movie star in a way, too. However, uh, that version, which came off of uh, Dwight's album, uh, Buenos Noches, From a Lonely Room, is not the one I'm going to play. The one I'm going to play is Buck's version, which came out in 1973, as I said. And uh, we'll get to it here. It's uh, the third song here on particular podcast, the second theme about California on my mind. The Sound of Groove podcast. It's Buck Owens from 1973. It's Streets of Bakersfield coming up right now.
2: I came here looking for something I couldn't find anywhere else But well, I don't want to be nobody, just want a chance to be myself I've done a thousand miles of thumbing, yes I've worn blisters on my heels Trying to find me something better On the streets of Bakersfield You don't know me but you don't like me You say you care less how I feel How many of you that sit and judge me Ever walk the streets of Bakersfield time in San Francisco Spent a night there in the can They threw this drunk man in my jail cell I took fifteen dollars from that man I left him my watch and my old house key I don't like folks thinking that I'd steal
0: All right, there was Streets of Bakersfield from Buck Owens in 1973, a little country twang for you here on the Santa Groove podcast. And moving on in this California On My my Mind theme with another song to get right to, this is Hollywood Bed, and this is a track by a great Retro rockabilly band that came out in the late 70s into the early 80s, out of the LA area. Of course, they were called the Blasters. Now, uh, the Blasters were led by a pair of brothers, and Dave and Phil Alvin, and they kind of were, you know, maybe kind of coincided with the punk scene that was going on there in uh, LA at the time. However, they were more into blues and all kinds of New Orleans R&B and you know, jump, jump blues and. Early rock and roll, rockabilly, mountain music, rhythm and blues, you name it, they were uh, proponents of it and they kind of had energetic live performances and gathered a local following before they started getting into recording with their first album that came out in 1980 called American Music. But uh, this track that I'm going to play comes from that follow-up of theirs, which is actually a self-titled album called The Blasters, and they had so many great, you know, rollicking tunes that they wrote on their own, they did a few covers, but they lured a lot of, you know, original material, they really harkened back to that 50s time, they just were such a great um, rockabilly, revival act, if you want to call it that, they weren't a tribute or cover band or anything like that at all. They had their own style, and it was really unique, and it kind of came around the early 80s at a time where maybe the total sounds were a little more mechanical, a little more techno, maybe more robotic than in the uh, in the earlier times. So the Blasters were a really great fresh, fresh breath of air, I would say, and Dave left the group in the mid-80s for an acclaimed solo career, but they kept on intermittently after that but never really as great as they were in the first half of the 80s. They put out some real killer albums and uh, had some soundtrack appearances, like in the movie um, Streets of Fire. And in general, they just sort of blew everybody else off the map when it came to this style of uh, music, kind of like harkening back to the 50s. Not many people did it like them, you know, from everyone to the Cramps and Shakin' Stevens to Dave Edmonds, all the people who really brought back 50s music and tried to make it popular on a large scale. I don't think anybody any one of them really going to match The Blasters. So, that being said, all that uh, praise is heaped on them, of course. I want you to listen for yourself. One of their great cuts off of a 1981 album, self-titled one called The Blasters. Here is Hollywood Bed from The Blasters, of course, on the Sound of Groove podcast.
1: Lift up the shade Let's work up a sweat on a summer night Rockin' in Hollywood Call the cops but he won't find us Wasting our time, but it sure feels good hey, hey, hey. Rockin' in a Hollywood be
0: Ah, there was the great rockabilly of The Blasters with Hollywood Bed from 1981 here in the Sound of Group podcast, and, uh, well, we've played, uh, what, now three tracks here? Maybe I'm losing count a little bit, but uh, four, pardon me, <laughs> here on the Sound of Group podcast on this episode two of the two-part theme about California on my mind, the second episode of 2019 as well on the Sound of Group podcast, Evan Dobigan, your host here with you, so, Continuing, moving on, let's get into another song. And you know what? I played uh, Buck Owens earlier and talked about the Bakersfield sound. But how about the guy that I said he duetted with on another version of that song, Streets of Bakersfield? It's Dwight Yoakum. And this is a track of his that's uh, another ode to California that I decided to throw in here called The Late Great Golden State. Now, this came out on what was his 13th studio album in 2003 called Population Me. And this is one of the two singles released from that particular album. It, uh, it has a few duets on it that are quite notable, including uh, one with Willie Nelson. But uh, it's this track here that I decided to go with. It kind of shows you the style. Dwight Yoakam's a country guy. He doesn't quite fall into the country you know, mainstream so much, because a lot of the people in Nashville want to hear a little poppier stuff like, well, don't get me started on what modern country's about. It's not even really country. It's just people singing what was rock music 40 years ago with country accents. That's really all it is, you know? And once in a while they throw in a fiddle or banjo or a mandolin or pedal steel guitar to remind you you're listening to country music, but of course the country dropped the and western part of it long ago, and you're left with this stuff today, which doesn't really resemble it so much. I mean, if you don't believe me, just see how easily Taylor Swift can veer from doing country to pop and no one really bats an eye or even notices the difference. (sighs) Yeah, anyway. I don't want to get off into a long, long rant here. I'd rather have you listen to another cool song here on the Southern Group Podcast. So, here's a late, great, golden state on the California On My Mind podcast. Dwight Yoakam from 2003. And let's hear him right now. In the late,
4: great, golden state, it's getting
0: That was the late great Golden State from Dwight Yoakam in 2003. And moving on with some more California music. Let's just keep it going here on a steady pace. This is a song called "Fake Tales of San Francisco" and it's from the Arctic Monkeys on their much-acclaimed debut album. Whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Which is kind of like a, one of the sort of surprise smash hit and critical favorites that ever came out in the UK over the last couple decades. It's gone platinum many times over. And it became the fastest-selling debut album in British music history. It went over 360,000 copies in its first week. And uh, these guys were all kind of in their early 20s, out of high school, not by long. And uh, they had an album that everybody really just sort of raved over. I don't really get it personally. I like the album a lot, but I'm not really sure why the whole, you know, examining what the nightlife is and what it's like to be in your early 20s, the lives of the young Clubbers up in the north of England, but it really struck a nerve with people of that generation. A lot of people in England, the thing is, though, you couldn't really have an album that's a bad big a hit playing that kind of rock style music in the U.S. So, getting them some credit in the U.K. that was still viable. Um, you could have a guitar-based album and sell millions of copies. It just doesn't happen in the U.S. Everything's going to have a rap beat, or everything's going to have like a club sound to it. And unfortunately, unfortunate because there's so much good rock music out there that it gets ignored and buried and Sort of like the programmers and the radio and the music executives do a really bad job of getting it all out there. But, you know, Arctic Monkeys had that success in 2006 with this album. And this is one of the standout tracks, one of the singles released from it, in fact, Fake Tales of San Francisco. So you get a really good idea of the kind of, like, you know, partying, uh, you know, stories that are presented. So anyway, I'll get to it now. It's the Arctic Monkeys from 2006 with Fake Tales of San Francisco here on the Sounding Group Podcast.
1: I don't want to hear you kick me out, kick me out. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you. Fake sound. To hear kick me out, kick me out. I don't wanna hear you know Kick Me out, kick yeah, me out. Bird said it's amazing though, so all that's left <laughs> is the proof that love's not only blind but deaf <laughs>
5: San Francisco,
0: from far. All right, Fake Tales of San Francisco from the Arctic Monkeys. And we're going to move on with this podcast theme, keep it rolling along here quickly. Another California track, this one really kind of encapsulates the great surf scene of the early 1960s. Now, that, became, that was sort of like a big sport that came about because, all of, you know, right there next to the Pacific Ocean with the big waves and everything, surfing became a huge phenomenon for a lot of young California people in the 50s and 60s. And there was a style of music that went with it. Now, everyone's familiar with the Beach Boys, of course, but before them, there was a kind of an instrumental style. Like, instrumental rock became a big deal. the end of the 50s and into the early 60s we had a lot of vocal-less groups who were cutting their chops and playing these really catchy tunes, very heavily guitar-driven. I think Dwayne Eddy was one of the big inspirations for a lot of those people because he came out and was just you know, a guitarist who didn't have a lot of singing on his songs and practically was all instrumental. Then you had groups like the Ventures and the Centurions and um, in the UK there was the Shadows. There was all these great bands that performed instrumental hits, and there was a ton of huge classic songs in the early 60s that were all instrumental. And it became like a genre, surf music, and surf guitar became a style, a very twangy thing that was supposed to be like, you know, a musical way of representing uh, a wave, riding a wave, you know, or the, t- the tall tidal waves that surfers tried to conquer. And this is a song that really identifies strongly with that called Surf Rider, and it's by a group called The Lively Ones. They were active in Southern California, of course, in the early 60s. And this track was actually written by a guy from The Ventures named Noki Edwards. And uh, this song, of course, got another life, another lease on life when it was featured in the uh, final sequence of the 1994 movie Pulp Fiction. And it kind of revived the surf rock music in a big way. There was a lot of other tracks on there, like, like Dick Dale, who's another surf guitar legend. Um, and uh, it, this one just sort of fit, like the, the movie had this kind of um, surf rock genre sound to it. Um, and this particular track here, it's not just guitar though, there's saxophone and everything on it. It's kind of Middle Eastern sounding too. It's really one of the great classics of that genre. So let's take a listen to the Lively Ones from 1963 with their hit Surfrider here on the Sound of Group Podcast. Oh, right, there was the sizzlin' surf rider from The Lively Ones in 1963 here on the Sound & Groove Podcast. So, continuing on with our California theme, I uh, wanted a track that kind of turns it into a, you know, a frame of mind, and kind of like a, a practice of sort. Uh, Californication is what I'm talking about. And that is by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This came out in 1999 as the title track from that album of theirs. And it was a bit of a recovery. I mean, the 90s had sort of been uh, like a breakthrough. In 1991, they put out Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which was a huge smash hit, and MTV played their videos all the time, and they became one of the big rock bands in the world. But then personal problems, drug problems, the guitarist John Frusciante left the group and descended into heroin addiction, and then Anthony Kiedis had a relapse of his drug problems that had uh, gone on in the 80s. And they put out an album in 1985 called One Hot Minute with uh, new guitarist, with Dave Navarro, who'd been in Jane's Addiction, that most people were very lukewarm on. It sold okay, but not as much as the predecessor, and was mostly, I don't know savage is the word, but uh, kind of disparaged by critics. And they seemed on the verge of breaking up. I mean, they didn't really, you know, that album wasn't really a huge success for them, and then they were looking for a new guitarist, and Dave Navarro left a few years later. So then enter John Fusciante who had sort of turned his life back around at this point and once again he was in the group but this time the chemistry was better than ever and you know with the personal problems set aside for the most part they could refocus and they put out this album that really launched them back into the stardom again, super stardom and had a lot of uh, great press from it and uh, once again got them on the radio, got a lot of their videos playing on MTV and all that stuff, Scar Tissue was the real comeback single. And that's got the real John Frusciante sort of like uh, Jimi Hendrix-inspired melodic guitar chordal work. This one here is a little like that, too. It's kind of the jam rock that um, Red Hot Chili Peppers carved out in the 90s, and they went a little softer. I mean, they were more, like, influenced by funk and hip-hop in the 80s. But anyway, take a listen to this track from 1999 to Red Hot Chili Peppers with Californication on the Sound of Groove podcast. California Cation by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, right there from 1999 on the uh, album that relaunched them to start them, really revived their career after a real dismal low point in it and everything like that. And they've off and on been, you know, a band to watch and always uh, having mega platinum success since then. Um, Never putting on an album that frequently, but hey, you know, they're veterans of the whole scene now. These guys are getting old, I guess, but hey, once in a while they still run out on stage, barely wearing anything, of course, their signature, you know, shirtless look. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to a guy who probably didn't go shirtless very often on stage, and that's Donovan, the Scottish folk singer-songwriter, who, by this point in his career, going to play a track that's called To Susan on the West Coast Waiting from 1969. It's, uh, it's a time in his career where his sound was still relevant, because he was in the hippie idiom, I guess, and it was starting, though, to slide commercially, and into the 70s that would happen to him, but at this point... He was still uh, getting a lot of uh, hit singles in the U.K. and some in the U.S. And this track comes off an album called Barabah Jagal. I think I said it right. Which uh, was released in the summer of 1969. So you got some of his usual folk stuff, which is, you know, kind of the on the more uh, happy, jolly side of things. A little bit uh, like the English folk music, but more of a happy tone onto it. I mean, there's even a track on this album called Happiness Runs. And uh, this song here is was a release, the B-side to um, Atlantis, which became a big hit off that album as well. One of Donovan's last major ones, and he'd kind of like foregone the sort of uh, he he, uh, he went toward the Maharishi like the Beatles did. He went to a more spiritual side in the previous year to this, so he wasn't so much a, you know celebrating the hippie lifestyles as he was celebrating the peace of things. You know, like the kind of and peaceful and serene side of life but uh you know this track shows you a bit of uh, where he was going at the time and uh i'm gonna get to it it's uh from 1969 to susan in the west coast waiting by donovan and we're gonna play it right for you now the last track on this particular episode two of this theme of the sound of group podcast so sorry but all good things must come to an end here it is donovan
3: The smell of the rain on the green Our fathers have painfully lost their way. That's why my
0: To Susan on the West Coast, waiting some of the more airy, kind of uh, jazzy folk that uh, Donovan became known for in the late 60s. And that's the last track here in this theme. I hope you enjoyed it. The California on my mind part two of the up two. And uh, well, we'll be back with a couple more episodes in the next theme. I got three of the year 2019, and uh, well, we've got one done, and there's going to be one coming. So Hope you all look forward to it. I look forward to putting it together, whatever it might end up being. But uh, yeah, till then, good listening. And thank you all for tuning in to the Sound of Group Podcast. Evan Dobigan signing off.